you this morning. All right. Okay, well, open up your note sheet. You have a clipboard there on your chair or the chair beside you. There's a clipboard to put your note sheet on. Is there anyone who did not receive your welcome packet when you came in? Anybody here did not receive your welcome packet? All right, right up here, need a welcome packet. If you need a pen, raise your hand because you're going to want to follow along with the lesson here and fill in the blanks, so raise your hand. I'm so sorry I forgot to do this. Well, I just say welcome to all of our VIPs this morning, those of you who are here for the very first time. We welcome you. We're so glad you chose to worship with us today. You're a VIP because you're very important to God and you're very important to us. So we welcome you. There's a little card inside your welcome packet for those of you who are visiting for the first time this morning. There's a card in your welcome packet that um, uh, that is it's just a, called a connection card. If you would, just fill that out. And uh, hold on to it. At the end of service, we're going to send you over here to see this really awesome man, Ernest. Ernest, stand up and wave at him. He's going to meet you. <laughs> He's going to meet you right over here at our VIP Welcome Center where we have a little gift we prepared for you. So if you would, just bring your card right over there to Ernest after service, and he'll give you your, your special gift as well as any literature that you need to pick up today concerning your spiritual decisions that you may make while you're here today. If you choose to receive Christ today, you're going to want to know what your next steps are in him. And we have a map all ready for you. So when you leave, you'll already know what you need to do next. Amen. And then don't forget everyone right after service today, we have uh, baptisms. We have some baptisms today. And so um, uh, stay with us and and hang out and see the, the, just come and celebrate the people who are choosing to be baptized today. All right. Are y'all ready? Let's get started in the word. Okay. We have been looking at um, tremendous fruitfulness all year, being tremendously fruitful in our lives. It's the will of God that we would bear much fruit. Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. And Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. He said, "Um, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear fruit. And he says, if you're bearing fruit, um, he said, I prune you so you can bear more fruit. And he said, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm going to prune you so that you will bear fruit. So if you're bearing fruit, you're going to get pruned. If you're, if you're, not, bearing, if you're if not bearing fruit, you're, you're pruned if you do, you're pruned if you don't. There will be a pruning process in your life. There will be some branches that get lopped off. And you'll be like, ah, oh, Jesus, what you doing? Some things, some, some things that you may go through in your life, but know that it's going to cause you to bear much fruit. Have you ever done that? Any, any gardeners in here, you cut a tree back? And it grows back even more fuller. It grows back better. See, that's what God does in our lives. Sometimes there's some things that need to be cut away so the good stuff can grow. Amen. I think we ought to make regular inventory of our lives and see some of the things that maybe God wants us to cut out. Maybe there's some people that are not good for you. Sometimes there can be people on your life. I don't know who this is for. They're like suckers. I have um, huge crepe myrtle trees at my house. And uh, at the bottom, sometimes these little sprigs will grow out from the bottom of the crepe myrtle tree. It's a huge tree with gorgeous flowers all over it. But these little sucker branches will grow on the bottom that take the nutrition away from where it needs to be to bloom and to bear more fruit. So sometimes there's people on your lives. I don't know who this is for. There might be some people in your life that are like suckers. And they're drawing and sucking the life out of you. You might need to inventory who's popping up on your Facebook. Delete. That's why there's a delete button. Block. That's a block button. So you can rule and reign your domain in Jesus' name. You don't have to let every, every fool just pop up on your, on your news feed. Cut them out. Cut some people out of your life. If they're, if they're not 
pushing you, growing you, if they're not adding nutrition to your life, And that's hard. It's hard because we, we like some people. We like them. Some people we enjoy, but they know good for us. Sometimes it's about getting, getting people out of your life so God can bring the right ones in. Amen. Amen. All right. So we've been talking about in being fruitful, you know, as we abide in God, the Bible says in Psalm 91, he who, uh, who, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. So abiding in God, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God, I dwell in, in God's presence. And, and as I dwell in his presence, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So we're not going to be able to bear fruit out from under that umbrella of abiding in, in the vine, abiding in Him, dwelling in the secret place of His presence. That I'm spending time in prayer, I'm spending time in the Word. That that um, I, I, God is at the very center of my thought life, very center of everything. You got to move Him into the into the place, or you move in under the umbrella. I guess is a better way to say it. The secret place of the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm so close, I'm in God's shadow. Amen. Amen. You ever heard like, yeah, that's his shadow. When somebody follows somebody so close, that's my shadow. Get in God's shadow. You're following him so close, you're in his shadow. And that way you're bearing fruit. So we've been looking at living this Holy Spirit-led life. And we've just finished looking at the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, this morning when things were really quiet... um, that's, that's a moment where if we were going to have tongues and interpretation or prophetic utterance, that'd be the moment. To, so I don't know if any of you felt like, um, you felt like you wanted to speak out, but you just didn't. That's the time to do it. That would be correct and in order. You might have felt like, well, I don't know if that's the time. That would have been the time. Amen? So just letting you know. Or anytime you feel like you have a word, just come tap me on the shoulder because we don't want to do anything to hold the Spirit of God back. Amen? All right, so we're looking at being led by the Holy Spirit. We've just looked at the gifts of the Spirit, but now the Holy Spirit has had me come back around and just talk about the Holy Spirit-led life because we really talk so much meat that we need to come back and get a little milk mixed with it. Amen. Get some veggies. Let's get some veggies and some milk this morning. Amen. To sort of Because, you know, it's like we've been talking about using the gifts of the Spirit and being led by God in this really deep way when I just sense by the Spirit of God, some people, some of you are just trying to make it through the day. I'm just trying to, ma- I'm just trying to figure out how to get, stop feeling like this. I'm trying to figure out how to get my relationship straight now. I'm trying to figure out how to move on from where I am right now. I feel like there's, and, and see, the Holy Spirit is there to lead you through that. He's there. The Holy Spirit is your friend. You, you just thought you were by yourself. The devil just told you you were by yourself. You are never by yourself. We have a person with us who's with us all the time. 24-7, 365. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He's right there. Amen. So the Holy Spirit-led life, let's look at number one. The Holy Spirit-led life is empowering. See, God doesn't want you to live a weak life, a broke-down life. A life where you constantly just keep making the same mistake over and over. God wants you to get past that and and move on to victory. And we all can. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. He came to empower us. He came to put something in us to make us powerful. 
Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. He came to give you power, child of God. He came to, for you so you'd live a powerful life. Not just a, I've got my, my ticket punch for heaven and I'm just here. No, there's purpose for your life and power for you to live that empowered life. And it's through the Holy Spirit. You okay, Mama? Oh, the fan is too much? Let's turn it off. Let's turn it off. Turn it off or turn it down. Everybody good? Y'all be good if we turn the fan down or off? All right, praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so a spirit-led life is empowering. He's come to fill us with power. Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive Come on, y'all help me with it. You shall receive. And what is that? What does it say there? Ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So he he comes to empower you to not just order your life, which that is part of what he does, to grow you up into Christ-like maturity, but to really infuse you with power so you don't have to be defeated on a single score. Will you go through some stuff? Yes, you will. But you're not going to be defeated on a single score because God has empowered you with his word. He's empowered you with his spirit. You have been empowered. You have authority. He's given you his name to use. Amen. So Acts 1.8 says that, that you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now they were called the children of Israel under the law with Moses. They were the children of, they were the children of Israel. But we are sons of God. Under the children of Israel, they followed laws that were written in stone, which was impossible for them to do. But with Christ, which is what God was pointing to back there the whole time. But with Christ, it's a spirit-led life. He's written the word on the tablets of our heart. Amen. He talks to us daily. It's a relationship. It's not religion. Amen. So we're the sons of God. Wave at me if you're the sons of God. We're led by the Spirit of God. John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So so look at this word here where it said, would you put a circle around the word helper in that scripture at the very beginning there? He will give you another helper. That word, I, I put the definition of it here. That's the parakletos. And I mention it all the time, but I wanted you to see it. The helper is the parakletos, which is one called alongside to help. So Jesus said, he'll give you a helper. You've got a helper who's with you 24-7, 365. He's a helper. And, and not just a helper. This word, this is my word for this week that God spoke to me. Advocate. Amen. He's an advocate. I said, let me look that up. I think I know what it is, but let me look that up. I I know it's somebody who takes up for somebody else. He's a champion. So the one that's with you is not just some willy-nilly, Casper, milk, toast, double, do-nothing kind of spirit. He's the Holy Spirit of God. Look, he's a champion. He's a supporter. He's your backer. He's got your back. Well, you don't know what to do? He said, I got your back. Just listen to me. Just just hang out with me. Um, He's your promoter, protector. And your fighter. Yeah. Woo! How many, how many of you like to have somebody in your corner that's a fighter? Yeah. 
Oh, I want a fighter in my corner. I want somebody who's got some teeth missing, got a swollen eye. I want somebody who's, who's just been beat up because they know how to get in there and fight. I don't want to get in there with somebody who don't know how to fight. I don't want somebody who don't. I need somebody who knows how to fight. Just get in there and swing wild, whatever you got to do. But I, I just need some fighters. Amen? Amen. Who, who are you talking about? Nick is a fighter? <laughs> Amen. But you, but he's a fighter. He's a, he came to help you fight. How many of you feel like you're in a fight this morning? You're fighting for your life. You're fighting for your relationship. You're fighting, you're fighting. You're just fighting to make it. I'm telling you, you got a fighter in your corner. You got an advocate. You got somebody who's got your back, somebody who's got your help. And he knows the mind of God. He knows what you need more than you know what you need. Woo! Look at Isaiah 9, 6. He says his name will be called Wonderful. I'm telling you, the walk of the Spirit is wonderful. When you know you hear his voice and he confirms it two or three times, what is more wonderful than that, than knowing that the real true Spirit of God is talking to you? His name is wonderful. Wonderful. Ooh, his name is counselor. Well, you don't know what to do. You got a counselor in your corner. You know, you get out there and fight for a little bit, but even in a fight, you know, you got to go back to your corner for a minute. And, and what do they do in the corner? They pour the water on you. Don't swallow it because it'll make you sick. They suppose they spit it out and they, and they uh, put ice on them. They get them woke back up again. They, they tell them what they need to do. Now look, he's getting you with this and he's getting you with that. Come on and, and get, get him with the uppercut. When his arm is down, they tell you, tell you what to do. You got somebody in your corner who's literally going to send you back out there with more wisdom send you back into the fight with a clue send you back in with a word of knowledge a word of wisdom you go in with something that god gave you in your pocket that the devil never sees coming amen you got a fighter in your corner a fighter in your corner tell your neighbor say you got a fighter in your corner so he's your counselor too he counsels you you need to know what to do the Spirit of God is the one who wants to tell you what to do. He's a mighty God. He, he's not just some little weak God, some statue. No, He is a mighty God who's very present help in times of trouble. He's near to those who have a broken spirit. You feel broke down? Good. God is right there with you. He's near to those who feel broke down. You feel tore up. You feel depressed. You feel like you can't take it. I'm telling you, He's a God who's right there with you. He's an everlasting father. He's never going to stop being your father. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. I am your everlasting father. I'm your daddy, your papa. I got you. And he's a prince. He's a prince of peace. And see, this is where you got to wake up. Because peace is something the devil cannot counterfeit. He has no counterfeit for peace. So this is a life of power that's not lived by tablets of stone, but a loving God who's with us every minute and leads us with his power. John 16, 13, he said, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come. So he's the spirit of truth. You feel like you don't know what the truth is. You don't know he's the spirit who brings the truth to you. Amen. He, he, when he has come, he will guide you or lead you into all truth. He'll lead you into it. You're not sure what's truth. You're not sure. You know, he'll lead you into it. John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? It'll make you free. Amen. All right. So A, and this is what God sent me to talk to you about today. The Holy Spirit helps us make good decisions. <coughs> good decisions. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, 
choose life. Joel 3.14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. When you don't know what to do, it feels like a valley. You could go this way or you could go that way. And when you're waiting on God and you're trying to figure out what to do, it can feel very much like a valley. But once you make up your mind, let me tell you, there's so much power in a made-up mind. Once you decide what you're going to do and you start headed that direction, then you got some focus. You got, you got, you know what you're doing. But when you're in that valley and you hadn't really surrendered, you hadn't really decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm kind of doing. I got my toe in the water, but you hadn't really dove out into the deep end. You hadn't really made a choice yet. But when you make that choice, you are not in a valley anymore. I'm telling you, that's where the peace comes. That's where you can really focus and move forward. Hallelujah. So. Um, where he says here, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So you might have a situation where there's, there's um, a death situation. I'm not talking about death, someone dying. When he says blessing and cursing, it seems like a cursed situation, a situation that ain't right, it's all wrong. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So wherever there's a cursed situation, there's got to be a life situation that's available right next to it. Otherwise, God wouldn't, I wouldn't be responsible for it. Y'all, come on, don't make me plow this hard this morning. Life and death, blessing and cursing. So wherever there's a bad, sad, terrible situation, there's got to be a choice for life or for better or for a promise from God right alongside it. So I just have to open my eyes and say, Lord, let me see it. And we need to stop asking why. Why is the wrong question. When you find yourself in a mess, why? Why? I thought this was it. Why? I thought I had done the right thing. Why? Why? I was doing your will. I was doing everything I felt like you told me to do. Why? You want to say why? Why is the wrong question. You may never get an answer to why. You got to say where. Where is my favor? What? What do you want me to do next? What is your will for my life? Um, where did I miss it? And how do I get back on track? But not why. It may not ever make sense. Sometimes people do stupid things. People people be crazy. And people just do some dumb stuff. They just the people people are willful and people are gonna hurt you. They're gonna hurt you. People are gonna do dumb things. You may not ever know why. There's one root reason the devil. And people are weak minded and sometimes they're used like a, a puppet on the string by the devil. But remember, even in those cases, I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So I'm not, I'm not dealing with flesh and blood, so let me get busy. You know, if you want to get mad at somebody, you got to let the person be forgiven while you handle the devil. Because he's at the root of the situation. He's at the root cause. You have to somehow find a way to forgive. Because when you think about it, even when somebody does something so egregious and so awful that you think, okay, God, kill them. You saw what they did to me. Kill them. Get them. Oh, you in for it now. God's going to get you. But see, that's the wrong attitude. You've just become adversarial in nature. You have to be able to let them go. Let it go. Take them before God. Plead the blood of Jesus over your heart because God can't do nothing with you if you get unforgiveness. So you have to somehow forgive them, pray for them, and, and, uh, and, and ask God to give you wisdom in the situation. Amen? Amen. <coughs> All right. So maybe it's taking the right job. Or is it the right time? 
Is it the right time, God? I got to make a decision here. It's a relationship decision. Is this the right person? Should I take a chance on this? This looks like a good opportunity. Should I take a chance on this? You know, you can always seek wise counsel. If you haven't heard something from God and you're like, well, I just don't know what's the right way to go, I'm your pastor. It's what I'm here for. Don't, don't think, well, I, I just, you know, Pastor Sally's too busy. She's got a lot of stuff going on. She didn't have time to ask, you know, for me to ask her what kind of toilet paper I should get. <laughs> no, for real though, I'm here. That's why I'm here. That's why my phone number's on the back of your note sheet. So you take it home with you every single week. Save it in your phone. If there's anything you need, text me. I'll I'll text you right back. If you need to have a phone call, you need to hear my voice, my voice is here for you. It's why I get up and breathe every day. You need wise counsel. You need to know what, you know, even if I don't know the answer, I'll be like, baby, I don't know, but we'll find out. Or let's just pray about it. I don't know, but I know God knows. And let's pray. Let's let the Holy Spirit reveal to us what's going on here. So I'm here. I'm a friend to you. I'm a pastor to you. I'm a shepherd to you. I'll help you with whatever I know. In my 25 years of being here doing this, I'll give you whatever, whatever, you, whatever I have to give you, I'll give you. Amen. Amen. So don't sit home and listen to the lie of the devil that I can't, that, that Pastor Sally doesn't care or Pastor Sally doesn't have time. Because that's a lie. I have time. I'll stop everything for you. Amen. All right. Proverbs 13:20 says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So you want to get wise, wise counsel if you need wise counsel when it comes to making uh, decisions. All right. B, peace is the internal confirmation that God approves the decision. So peace, the devil can't counterfeit that. Can't, can't, you can meditate, hum, you can hum and cross your legs and do all that stuff. And, and you may feel something but it's not peace like the world gives jesus said my peace i give unto you my peace i give unto you not peace like the world gives There's, this world can't counterfeit this peace that you can only get from god it's called peace that passes understanding peace that you just can't comprehend that's the kind of peace that you get from him and you, you can't get you can't get it anywhere else but that's an internal confirmation that god approves of your decision <laughs> so um, I, I was always taught when I first got saved that there's three harbor lights when you're making any decision. Number one, do you have an open door? And an open door doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go through it. You need to seek God. Okay, so do I have an open door? Number two, do I have the word on it? Does this line up with the word? What it is I'm wanting here, does it line up with the word? Or is it against God's word? So... What's the number one? Do I have an open door? Number two, is the word is it does it does it line up with the word of God? And then and then the final harbor light is peace. Do I have peace? Because it may be an open door. It may be okay with the word, but it may not be in God's perfect will for me. So when you have that feeling right here, your discernment is going haywire, and you and you just don't have peace about it. See, when the harbor lights line up, it looks like one light. See, so that the ships don't run aground. If it looks like three lights and you see three lights, you better get lined up so it looks like one. Otherwise, you're going to run aground. So you don't want to run aground in your decisions. So peace is the final harbor light. It is the umpire. Look at uh, Colossians 3.15. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Act as umpire continually in your hearts. What does an umpire do, Nick? He calls the shots. It's either it's either safe or it's out of here. So let, let peace be like an umpire. If it's safe, you're going to feel peace. If it's not, you don't have peace, you're out of here. 
Amen? This decision is out. It's a no. <laughs> or a not now. Amen? So, the, uh, so, you know, sometimes we need to wait and slow down. Sometimes we get so excited about making a decision or so full of zeal that we don't wait and think and count the cost. Sometimes when you're making a decision, you simply have to count the cost. Nobody sits down to build a building without first counting the cost. So when you're making a decision, slow down. I heard about a man from Texas who only had a fourth grade education, but yet he became a multimillionaire just through investments, making investments in different companies and different um, investment opportunities that came along. And even though he had a fourth grade education, he never lost a dime on an investment. Somebody asked him how he did it. And he said, well, it's very simple. He said, I don't think about the investment or the, the thing that's been brought to me mentally. He said, I go to my prayer closet and I pray about it. And I ask God to give me wisdom discerning, uh, concerning it. And um, I don't make a move until I hear from God. Amen. Yes or no. There have been some, some deals that have come across my desk that look like it was a slam dunk, but God said, don't do it. And I didn't do it, and it ended up being a mess. And then there have been some that, that look like uh, it was a terrible deal, but God said, yeah, go with it. And I went with it and never lost a penny on it, gained, made money on it. So what if we did that with every decision that we make? We take it to God, and God, I will not make a move until you tell me, until I, I have that inward witness he called it an inward witness. And that's what it is. It's the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. So, see, here's another way you can know that if you're making a good decision. The Holy Spirit leads you, but the devil drives you. That's why it's called works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. Because fruit manifests. It grows naturally. The fruit overflows out of you. But, but, but the devil is going to get on you and drive you. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, to try to get you to jump out there quick and make a decision without thinking, without seeking God. He's going to drive you. You've got to have it now. If you don't get it, you're going to lose out. Even about stuff that you buy, you've got to have it now. Get it now. It's the last one that might not have another one. But maybe it's a bigger decision than just you. Maybe you need to talk to your spouse about whether you should buy that or not. Is your spouse in agreement with you before we just haul off? Amen? So slow down in making decisions. Don't be impulsive. Psalm 37, 7, it says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. And don't make decisions when you're angry. When you're upset, you know that when you get angry, you're temporarily insane. Anybody who's married knows that. <laughs> you will lose your mind for a few minutes. You don't even know who you are. You will say stuff you can't even believe you'd say because you're so angry. But see, that's the time when we really need to get, you know, get out of anger. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Ephesians 4, 26 7, be angry but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. When you're angry, you've given him a place. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a toehold. If he gets a toehold, he'll get a foothold. If he gets a foothold, he gets a stronghold. So don't, don't give place to the devil. So don't make decisions while you're angry. That seems like really um, simple advice, but it's very profound, actually. Slow down. And it is not easy because it, it's easy to just make a, just a snap decision while you're angry. The prisoner full of people who did that. 
The graveyards are full of people who made decisions while they were angry. Don't make decisions while you're angry. Amen. Um, D, meditating in the word of God makes being led by the spirit possible. Meditating in the word of God. See, when you are not full of the word, you are a dry desert. You got nothing to fight with. The armor of God is the word of God. When he says, take up the whole armor of God, that, that is all the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God that you charge forth with. But knowing who you are in Christ is the helmet of salvation. Knowing that you're saved and your heart doesn't condemn you. That, that's the word of God. Amen. The truth. Waste girt about with truth. The Bible says your word is truth. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the word. The preparation of the gospel of peace. That's the word. Amen. So that's the, it's the word of God. That's your armor. If you have no word in you, you've got no armor. You've got nothing to fight with. So that's why, you know, I tell you all the time, you need to listen to two hours of the word a day. And you might get out there with some zeal and start with that, but then you quit. Or you slack off or you taper off. Then you've got nothing in there to fight with. You've got ha- you to be meditating in the word of God. So that makes being led by the spirit because that sort of anchors you. And the Holy Spirit leads you by his word. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And do you know that the word and the Holy Spirit always agree and are in line with one another? The Holy Spirit and the word always agree. First John 5, 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Amen. So the Spirit and the Word agree. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate how often? Day and night that you may be able to, so that you may observe to uh, do, which I'll put a big circle around do, because until you decide to be a doer of the Word, you're just thinking about it. Do according to all that is written in it. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? He called him Lord if you're not doing what he says. And that's what he says in his word and what he tells you by that inner witness. So you can't just keep ignoring him either. You can't keep ignoring him. Amen. Meditating at day and night, do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And did you know, um, write this down, Proverbs 16.3. Just write it down in your margins because I thought about it after the fact. But when you're making decisions, um, you need to have the mind of God. You need to have the mind of God, not the mind of housewives of whatever. Or, or the mind of the Kardashians. Or the mind of uh, uh, the cowboys. Or the Eagles, or the Texans. <laughs> no, no, but what I'm saying is you need to have the mind of God. And look, so that we can have the mind of God, write down Proverbs 16.3. Proverbs 16.3 and put the amplified version. Because the amplified version, I'm just going to read it to you. It says, roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. Did you hear that? He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will, and so shall your plans be established and succeed. Do you see how the word and um, uh, 
causes you to be um, successful. And not only that, but, but when, you, when you commit whatever it is that you're doing, when you slow down and say, God, I commit this plan to you, whatever it is that, that we're doing here, um, maybe you're planning something. Like I'm, as, while I'm planning women's ministry, I'm like, God, I need your mind on this. I need it to be fresh. I need it to be for today, for millennials, for women who are married, for women who are single. I need your mind on this. So I roll this whole thing. I cast it over on you, PV31W. God, it's your thing. And now you just get in my head. I just need you to get in my head and talk to my spirit. Amen. All right. So watch out for competing voices. And I think we pretty much talked about that enough already today. But watch out for competing voices, things that compete. We can't, we can't uh, have competing affections in our lives. God didn't make us that way. You'll either love the one and hate the other or serve the one and despise the other. So you can't, you can't have competing voices. You've got to settle in your heart. I'm going to be a child of God, and this is what I'm doing. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 uh, in the Amplified says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So don't call up four friends that you know aren't saved. And try to get some, some, some information from them on, on making decisions. And look at their life. If their life is all tore up. Amen. Not in the council of God. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And here it is again. In his law he what? Meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. So why is he like a tree planted by the rivers of water? Because he's meditating day and night. In scripture, water is symbolic of the word. So when you plant yourself in that word, you're living at a level of saturation and you're not just a dry desert who just doesn't have a chance of making a right choice. You, you gotta be saturated. Spread out your roots in the, in the word. Saturate. Listen to at least two hours of the word a day. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also, uh, also shall not wither. And whatever he does, there it is again, shall prosper. prosper. And you make your way successful. Uh, Romans uh, 12, 2, it says, and do not be conformed to this world. The age fashioned after and adapted to his external superficial customs. See, that's why the church, we're, we're changing the, the culture of our church in that where the world has crept in, where we're not, we, we're not going to look like the word it, world in here. Amen. So it's, it's, um, we're not going to conform to the world, but we're, we're called to be different, to be fashioned after and adapted to his external superficial customs, but be transformed and changed by the entire renewing of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitude. Um, I was talking to, to Jamie the other day. Um, was it yesterday? Or day before, it was the day before yesterday. Yeah, came in for prayer. And um, I, was, I was talking to him about, um, gosh, I just forgot what I was going to say. Well, it was about, um, it was about, uh, you know, the, the word of God, having to have enough of the word of God in you so that you can make good choices. You know, um, you have to know what his word says and uh, the entire renewing of your mind. It has to be, you have to just constantly be putting the word in so that your mind is entirely changed. Like I've worked on this area, but not this area. You need a good diet of the, of the word of God. Good nutrition, so I'm getting, I'm getting everything that I need. Need to know how to use my faith, know how to, need to know how to get my attitude right. Come on. Need to know how to get through with stinking thinking. Amen. I need to know how to confess God's word. Amen. I need, I need to know how to, to, to know the difference between the devil's voice and God's voice. Yes. 
Amen. There's, so I need a good diet of the word. You need to listen to some Joyce Meyer, then, then have some T.D. Jakes for dessert and, um, you know, li- listen to, uh, Stephen Furtick or, but, but qualify who you're listening to because you want to make sure that you're listening. If you have, a, if you wonder about somebody, let, let me know. I can help you know who's good. Yeah, well, definitely, you know, that's a given. <laughs> I didn't think I needed to say that. <laughs> Just if you haven't downloaded the Acceleration Church app, download it. And all the sermons that I preach are for free, 24-7 on the, on the app. All right? So, look, you can't live spiritually without having the word. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I've got to keep the word coming in. It doesn't come by what I heard. Faith doesn't come by what I heard. But faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. All right. So our, our first, first point is that the, um, the Holy Spirit led life is empowering. Our second point is that the Holy Spirit led life is exciting. It's an exciting life. When you know that you're hearing from God, when you're being led by the Spirit, and there's always something. He knows what's around the corner. He's already made the crooked places straight. He's already brought down the mountains and lifted up the valleys. He goes before me and he opens up the double doors of favor. That's an exciting life. He gives you hidden riches of secret places. There's there's hidden um, spiritual treasure he wants to drop in your heart. And that's the most exciting thing that there is. The Message Bible says God's Spirit, uh, well, yeah, God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. I believe that's Romans 8.14 in the... Um, uh, in the message translation, God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Woo, that's good. And then look at 15 and 16. It says, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what next? What's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. You know, we saw that movie on Tuesday night called Overcomer. Oh my gosh, if you haven't seen it, it's so good. Because it, when, when the young lady realizes who she is, her principal tells her to go look up Ephesians chapter 1 and, and, and chapter 2. And I want you to begin to just write down everything that God says that you are. And she, as she began to write those things out, she said, it was like God was talking directly to me. And when she realized who she was, she wasn't walking around like this anymore with a sad face. She had her shoulders back. She was smiling. She was able to win that race that she was in. Oh, I just told y'all. Shoot. Shoot. (laughs) Just erase it. (laughs) Amen. So it's so it's awesome. When you know who you are, that's exciting. It empowers you. It makes you stronger. Okay, number three. So number one was the Holy Spirit led life is what? Empowering. Empowering. Number two. And number three, the Holy Spirit led life emboldens. I wanted all my answers to start with E. So that's why I said instead of just makes you bold. But the Holy Spirit makes you bold. Amen. The same disciples that were hiding, um, uh, were hiding out when Jesus was dying are the same disciples that got out and preached when they got full of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people got saved in the first day. So the Holy Spirit makes you bold. Proverbs 28.1, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So he puts you into a life of prayer that births a public boldness so so he leads you into prayer you know he says when you're in the secret place he said pray to your father go into your room and shut your door 
Pray to, her, pray to your father who's in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So there's a boldness that comes when you spend time in prayer. I've been with Jesus. <laughs> I've been with God. I was talking to him this morning. I got oil on my feathers. I don't care what comes my way today. It's going to roll off just like oil, just like water off a duck's back. Why does, why does water roll off a duck's back? Because he's got oil on his feathers. Amen. So when you get in the secret place and you get all on your feathers, I don't care what comes your way. It's just going to roll right off your back because I've been with God today. I'm not afraid of anything. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Amen. I will rise up in the, in the boldness of God. Jude 1, 20 through 21, it says, but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. When he had come back and all the women and all everything had been stolen away by their enemies, he, he was just beside himself. In fact, all his mighty men were ready to stone him. They, t- they cried until the guys had no more tears to cry. And you know, that's a lot when a guy cries because a guy tries to hold it back. When they finally just went out, went on and cried and they cried till they had no more tears left and they were ready to stone David. David said, shall I go and pursue? It said that he went. He said it said he went and he 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 encouraged himself in the Lord. When even your best friends want to stone you, that's the time you just want to get in the bed and pull the covers over your head. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, and he came up bold. He said, "We're going to go and recover all," and that's exactly what they did. He came on with his girl on the back of his horse. Amen. How you like me now? And all the stuff. Amen. He went and recovered all. There's a boldness that comes from knowing God. David was bold when he faced Goliath. But look at this. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me. David is the last person you or I would have chosen to go against Goliath. He's the last person. But you know what? He was chosen by God. And so are you. You've been chosen by God. You may feel like I ain't nothing. I, you don't know my past, Pastor Sally. You don't know where I, you don't know anything about me, but you know what God does. And God has chosen you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you. I anointed you. And I scheduled you in the earth for this year, for this time in your life, this time in history, for this age, for you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hallelujah. You are chosen by God to, to, to take the giants down. And you know what? You might say, well, I don't have anything, Pastor Sally. All David had was a rope and a rag. You can use what you have. God can anoint what you've got. Don't say, I don't have enough or I'm not enough. God can anoint who you are. He can anoint what you have. He's always been taking, been able to take a little bit and turn it into a lot. Amen. Paul was bold when Paul stood up, when he was being tried in front of King Agrippa. I mean, this is life or death. They don't like what you say. Whoop, it's all over with. But, but Paul got up and he said, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. He thought himself into boldness and he got up and he did, he, he preached the word of God. King Agrippa said, Paul, you need to stop. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. Amen. So Paul was bold. He was bold. Boldness goes along with being a believer. Esther was bold. She was an orphan girl. Come on, an orphan girl became queen. God can take anything and anoint it, any person and anoint it. And, and, and all the Jewish people were going to be killed. And she, her, her, her uncle Mordecai said, who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe it's no accident that he chose you so that you could intercede for the Jewish people. She said, I'll tell you what, y'all fast for me. Fast for me for three days. 
And at the end of those three days, I'm going I'm to fast and pray too. And at the end of those three days, I'll go in before the king. And it's death to go before the king if you hadn't been called. She said, I'll go before the king. She said, and if I die, I die. That's a boldness. Amen. The three Hebrew boys outside the fiery furnace said, we're not going to bow, Nebuchadnezzar. You can forget about it. Our God, whom we serve day and night, he's able to save us from this fiery furnace. But let it be known, if he does not save us from the furnace, we will never bow down to you. And so they threw him in the fire. But they were bold before they went in the fire. Amen. They were bold. And that's why Jesus got in and walked around with them. And boldness goes along with being a believer. Boldness goes along with being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at um, Acts 4.31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with So you see there the Holy Spirit and boldness being linked together. So I don't want you to go out of here with your head down. I don't want you to go out of here feeling defeated. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're going through. I want you to square your shoulders back and know that there's somebody in your corner. You got an advocate today. You got somebody in your corner. So you're here. You're here this morning. I got you in the corner. I'm pouring the water in your mouth. I'm putting the towel on your head. I'm telling you what the devil is doing. I've given you all the instructions. I've been telling you how he's been beating you up and how you can get back in the ring and win. Amen? So you're not going home by yourself. You're going out those doors and into your mission field. Why? Because God put you here to go out and open your mouth and tell other people about Jesus. Tell other people what he's done for you in your life. You are not called to just go out there and sit like a bump and come back in here next week with no fruit in your hands. Where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Next week, people are jumping in the boat to come to church. You better come with somebody next week. Boldness. I ain't scared of y'all. <laughs> Amen. So y'all go and invite somebody to come with you next week and know that you got Holy Ghost boldness. And look, you got my number. Call me if you need me to pray with you. If you need me to come kick butt with you. I'll come sit in the courtroom with you. He'll bring a knife. That's right. We'll, we'll pack out a hospital. You got to have surgery. We'll, we'll, we will. Acceleration will pack out the hospital. You're not going to wait by yourself. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your word that's been preached in here, the word that's gone into our hearts. Lord, we just thank you right now in Jesus' name that that it's gone on the good ground of our hearts. And that, Lord God, we will bear some 30, some 60, some 100-fold return on this word. So we we, we receive it today. We'll guard it. We'll water it. We'll we'll, um, fertilize it. We'll watch over it, Lord, and we just thank you that we are bearing the fruit that you said we would bear. Amen. We receive it in Jesus' name, that we are bold, that we make good decisions, that we pay attention to the one who's with us. We receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God this morning. Not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me? This morning, I know that I'm I haven't been living for him. Maybe you've been living for him before, but you've turned away and gone your own way. Maybe you just came searching this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I just just really want my life to be back on track with God or on track with him for the first time. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, I'm telling you, your life will change today. Jesus will come into your heart and into your life. And I know that I can help you. You'll need a church. I know that I can help you. At Acceleration Church, I know I know what you need and I know how to help you get there. But I want to pray with you right now. God is listening. 
And he's, he's ready to, to hear you pray. See, the trouble is, is that we're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of his glory. There's not one of us that's perfect. We've all messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes we just didn't know that it was against God's will or his word. And so Jesus came. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So Jesus paid our sin penalty for us. He paid for it for us. So we simply believe in him and accept the free gift of salvation that he provided for us on that cross because he was also raised from the dead on the third day. They went to anoint his body with oil, and when they got there, the stone was already rolled away, and Jesus had risen. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to lead you in that simple prayer right now. Let's do it. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I surrender my life completely to you. And I'm trusting you alone to save me in Jesus' name. All right. Well, you just prayed that prayer and you meant it. Um, what you need to do now is to just, um, if you, let me see the connection card. I don't have a connection card. You have to confess him before man that you've made a decision for him. You've accepted the free gift of salvation. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Fill out your connection card. You made a decision for Christ. You prayed the prayer. You meant it from your heart. Now let's follow through on it. Fill out the card. Make sure it's legible and your phone number is on there. On the back, there's a place to put a check mark by a box that says, yes, I choose Jesus and commit my life to Christ as my Lord. Put a check by that box right there. Then you're going to take it right over here to Mr. Ernest. He's going to receive the card from you, give you your special gift. And then I have a a little map that will show you exactly what your next steps are. Like the first thing you want to do is to get baptized. You're like, what is that? Why do I need to be baptized? I was baptized when I was a baby. They sprinkled me or whatever. Okay, but now you've made a decision for Christ. And making a decision for Christ, it's this... um, when you, when you get baptized, it's really like your wedding ring with Christ. It's, it's like if you're married, I, like I'm married to Murray Snow. So I wear this wedding ring because I'm married to him, not in order to be married to him. I married him a year ago, amen, and made the commitment before God, and that's where we were joined together. But I wear this ring to honor him and to honor the covenant that we have. So, so um, water baptism is the way of honoring Christ. When we go under the water, it's a picture of, picture of Christ's death and burial. And then as, as you come up from the water, it's a picture of his resurrection from the dead and um, victory in our lives. Amen. That we, our old life is dead and we've been born into a brand new life in Christ. And so uh, water baptism is very important. So if you'd fill out your card on the back, put a, a, a yes, a check mark by the yes. Take it over here to Ernest and they'll make sure I get the card and I'll be calling you or texting you myself. Amen. All right. Well, it's offering time. It's that time. 
Let's get ready to give to God our tithes and our offerings. If you have not downloaded the Acceleration Church app, um, that's a great way to give. Um, it's through the app. Um, but we do have an envelope there available for you if you want to give um, through the envelope. But the Acceleration Church app is literally like so easy. You just hit the give button and uh, then it just pulls the, the giving stuff up right on your phone. Once you put it in the first time, it's easy to do after that. Then you just get a little check, check mark when you're through. 